Hi, Rav Judah here with Masachat Edir, Perek Zayin Mishnatet, dedicated towards the merit of Rav Shlema, for Tova Miriam Bat Devorah Mendel. Hey, Rav Nechunya ben Gudgada, ala chireshet shehisiya aviyah, shehiyotzit beget. Rav Nechunya ben Gudgada says that a chireshet, a woman who is a deaf mute, and throughout Mishnah and Gemara, the uh, Talmud assumes that someone who is deaf and mute is not fully mentally competent. Uh, that's because they didn't really have access to the world to be able to be educated, to be able to communicate, to understand more sophisticated ideas. This is before the advent of more modern educational techniques, the ability to reach people and have them be quite knowledgeable. And indeed, a number of halachot have, to a certain extent, largely, you know, more, more or less changed as a result of modern education. Depends on the halacha, not our topic for right now, uh, but there are differences now. Um, that having been said, so if you have a woman who's a deaf mute and her father married her off, we've mentioned earlier that a father up to the time of his daughter's majority, in other words, before she's age 12, father has a right to marry her off and see to it that she will be cared for. She can reject the marriage when she turns 12. Uh, she could say, I'm not interested in this person, fine. But let's say her father married her off. And now uh, it's years later and and a, uh, a divorce is coming up that she is divorced by a get. Ah, but wait a second, she's not fully cognizant or aware or able to be involved in the process. So if Nechudni ben Gudgud has said yes, but she can still be divorced through a get because actually her uh, full participation isn't really necessary. And so uh, she will indeed be divorced at the end of the day. They're not stuck in a marriage because she can't totally comprehend what's happening. Valkatana by Israel, I'm not passing judgment, by the way, on like whether this is the right thing to do or how she'll be cared for. It's a different discussion, but I'll leave that for right now. Valkatana by Israel, Shanisi at the Kohen, Shihiochele Petruma. Let's say you have a child whose, you know, whose, uh, family have married her off. In this case, it's not her father where it is a biblical right, but rather her father is deceased and her mother and her brothers are afraid that she won't be cared for. There's no money in the family. So they marry her off, but it's only a Dirabana marriage, it's only a rabbinic marriage, and they've married her off to a Kohen. Now, Kohanim and their wives, when they're fully married, are allowed to eat truma, they are given a portion of every crop, uh, and they're allowed to eat that. So the question is, since she is married to her husband on a rabbinic plane, and it's her mother and her brothers have married her off, she's not yet an adult, so she didn't do it, and it wasn't her father, her father's deceased, so can she eat truma? So the answer is, she she can eat truma, but, the Gemara explains, she can eat truma that is rabbinic truma. There are some foods that are right, that are biblically not required to have truma taken in them, or some some settings, and those items still often have to have truma, have to have the tithe taken off, well, not a tithe, that's 2%, for a kohen, taken off rabbinically. So she can eat those things. Ah, are we afraid that if she's going to eat rabbinic truma because she's not fully married to this husband yet, she'll become fully married to him, by the way, when she grows up. She's past the age of minority. She becomes 12. She has an option to opt out. She does not opt out. And now she comes to live with her husband. Right? No one's having a an intimate sexual relationship with this child, God forbid. Uh, rather, they're waiting for her to be an adult. And then she will, if she wants to, she will marry this man. Then they will be fully married. She can totally eat all truma, biblical truma as well. The question is, do we have concern that because she can't eat biblical truma, she shouldn't eat rabbinic truma either, lest she eat the wrong thing, and that's inappropriate if she's not fully married to him yet. And Rav Nechunya ben Gudgudah said, no, it's okay, she's allowed to eat rabbinic. The imeta, and let's say she dies, and she has a bit of property to her name, Ba'ala Yorsha, her husband inherits her. Ah, they're not totally married, they're only married rabbinically. Just like she can rabbinically eat shuma, her husband rabbinically inherits her. Moving on to a new case, the Al Marish Hagazel Shabnao Babira Shiitain Adamav. This is called Takanat Marish, it's a sugya in the fifth paragraph of Gitten. Uh the idea is that generally the rule is when you steal something 
shouldn't do, but if one steals something, they should, they have to return the item. You can't take somebody's car and then say, I really like this car, I'll pay for it. No, give me back my car. You can't steal the Mona Lisa and then offer to pay for it. No, it belongs to whoever it belongs to. And so you have to return the item. Well, what happens if you steal an item that is then built into a capital structure? You steal a beam or some bricks and then you build a house. Nobody knows. So the mitzvah is to return the item. However, the rabbi said if we make people return the item, once it's built into something that's structural and big and hard to take apart, people will say, oh, I want to return it. I feel really bad for that thing, that those bricks that I stole, that beam that I stole four years ago. But I feel terrible. I, I can't take I, I feel terrible. I want to return it, but I'm not taking apart my house. So they'll wait 50, 60 years till they're retired. And then they'll say to their friend, hey, Bob, uh, you know, that uh, that beam in my house? Yeah, I was the one who stole that from you. Oh, man, I always wondered who took that. Well, you can take it back now. It's not worth it to Bob in 50, 60 years. Bob would rather have the money. So to cut it, Marish, is that if you steal something and then you build it into a structure, you could actually skip over the mitzvah to return the item itself and rather return just its value because we assume that the the victim of the theft would rather have the money than wait years and years and years to get back the item itself. And finally, If someone steals a an animal and then offers it as a sin offering, why would somebody do that? I don't know. I think the truth is that sometimes people steal and then they feel bad about it and they decide to give it to tzedakah. So this person feels bad that they stole a lot of money and animals, and then they said, well, I'll give one of the animals as a sin offering. That'll make me feel better. If the public doesn't know about it, the public does know about it, so then we can't, really can't offer that, and it's not going to offer any atonement for anything else because, well, it's stolen property. It's really wrong. But if the if the public does not know about it, and we have no reason to think, then we actually allow the Kohanim to do this. Why? We don't want the altar to be left unused. What does that mean? If we told everyone that when a... When an animal is stolen and it's offered, that it's it's a wrong offering. The offering is completely invalid. Kohanim, who might be careful people, would say, you know what? I just don't want to work in the Beit Mikdash anymore. I don't want to offer sacrifices. How do I know to trust this guy? I don't really know him well. What if it's stolen and then I'm offering the wrong kind of korbanon? So we tell the Kohanim, check, check it out. Just relax. If the korban, even if it was stolen, it's not a wrong korban as long as it's not known to the public. And therefore, you can rest assured to be the Kohen who is serving that day and is offering karbanot and bringing people's karbanot. You're not doing anything wrong if you offer this just because it turned out to be stolen. You didn't know. That's fine. You didn't mess anything up. Just relax and do your job, and let's keep the altar going and the service going.